As head of Azul Public Solutions, a public affairs and full-service campaign consulting firm, Martha Ayan managed campaigns such as Jumani Williams' insurgent campaign for New York State Lieutenant Governor in 2018 uh, for the Democratic primary. Martha is the first woman of color to manage a statewide race in New York. Uh, Martha has also organized for labor unions and community groups. Uh, she has worked as a political and community organizer for the New York State Nurses Association and as a citywide organizer for Local 372, District Council 37 of AFSHME. She also serves statewide as political advisor of New York Communities for Change and a borough-wide coordinator for Queen Smoke Free Partnership. She was the downstate co-chair of the New York State Young Democrats Caucus of Color to empower more Democrats to pursue higher office. Let's welcome Martha Ayan to T's Table Talk. All right, so Martha, thank you for joining me today on T's Table Talk. I am so proud to have you on, Martha Ayan. Am I pronouncing that correct? Yes, thank you. Uh, okay, <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Um, so I, I wanna talk about um, your work uh, as a consultant uh, and small business owner, you know, in the political realm uh, or politico, as, as some may call it, um, you are the founder and president of Azul Public Solutions. Is that right? Yes. Thank you for having me. Uh, I started my company three years ago. I took a leap of faith. Uh, mm -hmm. there, there are not a lot of women of color in our business and doing political consulting strategy. Uh, a lot of women are relegated to doing scheduling or fundraisers or other things that are personable, uh, but they're not usually at the kitchen, what we call the kitchen cabinet, which is the advisors to the candidates. So I felt that it was time to take a leap of faith and start my own business. And, you know, as Shirley Chisholm says, bring my, you know, bring a chair to the table. And and that you are, you have a seat, I believe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you definitely have a seat at the table, and I and I want to say as a as a as a fellow woman, same gender, I'm I'm proud of you. Uh, you know, um, thank you. Uh, and you're you know so um so young, and just knowing what you were going to do, and just saying you know I'm going to do it, and you started your own business. Uh, you know, reading your bio, um, I see that you've had some great mentors. Uh, you know, if you'd care to talk about. Uh, Ruth Hassel Thompson uh, that that helped you get started. If you do, you want to comment on that uh, at, at all? Yeah, I was really fortunate to um, have a one of the very few women of color in the state senate, um, and that's something I've always been passionate about is getting more women of color elected um, so that we have representation. Um, but Hassel Thompson was an amazing mentor. She took me out to lunch. She always gave me amazing advice. And when I was interning back then, we had Mayor Bloomberg, who was trying to push a Jet Stadium on the West Side. And she was there and she was leading the charge uh, about local development and local hire. 
and all the things that um, aren't necessarily talked about, which is the fact that as black business owners and as people of color, we have this amazing buying power and mm-hmm. we should be using that to ha- use it for leverage, but also be able to get what we need, which is local jobs and training and vocational training. Mm-hmm. Um, she's been an amazing mentor and I'm really proud. Um, and, you know, it's, as, as we say, you don't hassle the hassle Thompson. So I was very lucky. <laughs> You, you certainly don't. You certainly don't. Um, and, um, you know, you, you touched a, uh, a little bit, you touched on your, you know, um, when you were in college working with her. But like, what is the, the, the catalyst that said that you, uh, you know, that dictated to you? What was that little bird on your shoulder that said, you know, hey, you know, that I guess led you uh, into the p- political realm? Was there have you always had like were you always civically engaged as a child? Uh you know, what, what would you say kind of led you in that direction? Uh, So I, I'm Cuban American. Um, I identify as an Afro Latina, Um, Mm -hmm. but um, my parents obviously coming from Cuba has this, you know, everything around our dinner table was shaped around Castro and uh, what it is to be American. And for us, it was just, um, you know, being reminded that, you know, Castro is the only person on the ballot when there's an election and that we have a privilege as Americans to, you know, have the right to vote and be able to vote and have representation and that there is a two-party system and what does it mean to be a Democrat? What does it mean to a a Republican? What are those values? What is that the value system for you? So I grew up with that. I did not intend to go into politics. I actually was thinking about doing veterinary medicine, (laughs) but I couldn't pass science. So I actually did a whole change and, you know, it's a, it's a journey, right? It's not supposed to be a destination. So I, I fell in everything that's happened in my life has been just a journey because I was graduating. I had no job. I interned that led to another job and that just kept going. And like my shift was when I did Bill Thompson's race for mayor in 2009 against Bloomberg. Um, and I was the Queens director and I was mostly in charge with getting out the vote uh, for black and brown people all over Queens, and um, you know, seeing how it was hard to convince black and brown people to vote for a person because they were like, "Oh, well, Bloomberg has all this money and he has all this power," and just reminding them, like, "No, you have the power. Like, you know, you have to go vote and you have to participate. He could win." And it was unfortunate because he only lost by five percent. Um, so that was our opportunity to show that, like, voting over money. So, and you're talking about Thompson, at the, right? Thompson, yep, in 2009. Yeah. yeah. His first yeah. one. <laughs> right, 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 right. Um, so, so Martha, so, like, you, you know, um, you, you mentioned, uh, you know, you're in, you know, you're a type of advisor, right? Because you, mm-hmm. you manage campaigns and, um, and I'm eager to know how you, uh, figure out which campaigns you want to, uh, advise on. Um, I, I want to know about that also, but, uh, how many campaigns have you led and, and, and what was your, what was your role, but in terms of, of leading, uh, was it similar to what you're doing now or, you know, uh, yeah, um, um so my first campaign that I was campaign manager on was in 2009. Uh, well, no, sorry, 2013 uh, for Peter Vallone for Queensboro president. Um, and I'm, you know, I'm okay to say that I was a, you know, I was a token hire. 
I was there because like I was supposed to be the diversity hire and I took the role because it was at that time very hard as a woman of color to be a campaign manager of anything. It just right. wasn't a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and ever since then, I've always prided myself. I do reach out and I do build relationships with women of color who are campaign managers and just offer solace and just say, Hey, if you need anything, give me a call. If you need advice mm-hmm. because it's hard. It's, it's hard. We're hard on each other. It's a hard business. Say that Not one including... more time, Martha. Say that one more time. <laughs> <laughs> we are very hard on each other. Yes. It is a very hard business as people yes. of color. And then adding the other economic and racial, you know, it is, a, politics is, is still very male, still very yes. white. Um, <laughs> and, you know, we are sometimes tokenized. We're most of the time tokenized. And, you know, I pride myself in, in putting myself out there, training, talking to folks and getting more women to become campaign managers and being seen as not this like liaison to women affairs or, 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 you know, this black and brown person that's talking to this group. You can lead, you can advise and you can strategize. This is as good as any of the men. There's no reason. Actually, I feel like women are better because we're better at multitasking. So I could, I can schedule, I can do this. I could do your policy. I could do a questionnaire. I could do it all. I don't have to do one thing at a time. So I also I think women think are always better. I think, I, listen, I agree. I think we're, I, I think that we're also better because we're better. I think we're, we have a better, uh, we're better judges of character in terms of mm-hmm. discernment too. You yep. know what I mean? And so, um, yeah, but I mean, we're better all around, but. <laughs> well, but, to but answer that, your question, that's, that's how I choose my candidates. I have a, I sit down with them and I ask them um, as a voter, why are you running? what inspired you to run? Why, what are you going to change? Like, are you taking real estate money? Like I put them through the ringer. I have integrity and I carry myself that way. And I feel that if you're running, uh, you are running as a public servant and you're supposed to help the public and move our like government and our people forward. Um, if you aren't doing that and you're doing that for other purposes, then like there's plenty of other consultants you could hire that will overcharge you. Like, run your campaign, but I do it to, you know, move our society forward. I don't do it from the place of, you know, money per se. Um, and that's why I did Jumani's race for Lieutenant Governor. I did. Wait, wait, I'm going to get to that. I'm going to get to that. It's it's getting better, but to stay on the top, the question that you were just responding to, have you ever say, uh, agree to work on someone's campaign and you, you know, you put them through the rigmarole and you ask them all of the questions. And later on, you found out this person had an issue with ethics. You don't have to say who, just if it was, if yes or no. And how did you handle that? I decline. And, um, you know, I, I try as gracefully as I can, but you know, when you're dealing Uh, with people, um, who are used to being told yes all the time, they don't take that too well, but I just, if I'm not feeling it, I'm not doing it. You know, like I Uh I don't want to, you know, sell out. And there were opportunities for me to, I guess, in for lack of a better term, work for the county or, or the party and, or the DNC, but they didn't align with my values. Uh And it's been a struggle. That's exact. That's exactly the the term value alignment. Mm -hmm. Um, So, Martha, this is just getting so good. Um, <laughs> we, 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 I hope we so. Have a conversation <laughs> behind the scenes. 
Um, but but anyway, but um, so you just like woke me up this at for this afternoon. I can tell you. Um, so you know, um, I think you you mentioned. Uh, you know, I was asking you. Uh, or I, you know, wanted to ask you rather, what was the most contentious campaign you've worked on? And you know, and you earlier you mentioned uh, uh, Jamani Williams, but um, mm-hmm. can you tell us, um, you know, what what was the most uh, uh, contentious campaign or campaigns that you've worked on? And and why? I mean, you know, definitely, was- definitely Bill Thompson, because it was it was disheartening to see black and brown people say no, because, and and just oh well, Bloomberg has a lot of money, so that was hard. Jumani was different because what was sad to me was the white progressive movement did not financially, um, and this, and I'm not limiting this to Jumani, this did happen to Tish too. The money mm-hmm. doesn't transfer from white candidates to others. Uh, so we were highly dependent on other groups and other people to validate. We need, Jumani needed a lot of validation from so many groups mm-hmm. because the money just doesn't transfer like, Peach Out was amazing. Peach Out raised us money. You know, Nixon raised us money. But, you know, it was, it's like that kind of transference, that Bernie money, that AOC money that people talk about doesn't come to black progressives. It's not a thing. Wow. So we are held to a higher standard. And as always, and I, I'm not saying that this is limited to just progressives. This is as people of color, whether you're on the DNC side or on the Bernie side, it's, we are held to a higher standard and the money does not follow. We as people of color are starting to get to that place, but we don't naturally donate to candidates. You know, we want our friends and family to run or we want this person that we really like in the, in the neighborhood to run, but we don't financially support them. And unfortunately, if you're talking to voters, it costs money, whether you're paying for Facebook ads or you're paying for a piece of, prom, you know, you're paying for a mailer. Right. Um, and in order for us to, infiltrate and change and and make things like to stop happening like police shooting um we have to be at that table to have those conversations and hold those police commissioners accountable and that's just what it comes down to is it's like it's just you know yeah i mean i i may not necessarily be on the dnc side but i feel that we always need more women more people of color more lgbtq at the table because we have diverse experiences and all of our experiences matter and bring those forward. Okay. Okay. Um, and, um, and, and would you say that you, uh, support more, um, uh, progressive campaigns? Uh, I do. I do majority progressive campaigns. I see. And then, um, and, and because I thought it was huge, you know, when I read that, uh, that you, that you, well, I shouldn't even say I thought, I saw you <laughs> working on Jumani uh, Williams' campaign when he was running for uh, a lieutenant governor. And mm-hmm. I, you know, I was, like I said, I was thoroughly impressed. And I was like, wait a minute, how, how, how did she do this? How do I do that? You know what I mean? So, <laughs> so that's amazing. Kudos to you, how, you know, however you were able to, to 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 get that done you you did it i don't regardless of whether or not he he won or not that's jamani williams okay so i uh, i I have to i have to stop and say i and thank jamani for giving me the opportunity he took a chance on a little brown girl from queens and you know we (laughs) we did the best that we could you know so yes yeah you 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 did you did well you did well i mean that that's a lot of a lot of responsibility a lot of a lot of 
pressure, you know, a, a lot of I's and T's, uh, you know, uh, I's to dot and T's to cross. So uh, you are to be commended for sure, Martha. Um, yeah. I, I have, um, I have, I'm just going through just, you know, kind of going through some, some questions that I, I, I had. Um, but um, it, I, and I don't know if you can, well, some you can talk about, but what are your, you know, mm -hmm. currently, what are your current campaigns that, that you're, that you're working on and, and, and anything that you can announce that's, you know, up and yeah. coming? So um, professionally, I have two campaigns I'm working on. Uh, Tomas Ramos, who is an amazing uh, brand new Congress candidate uh, running for Serrano seat in the Bronx for NY15. Uh -huh. um, he is a community organizer, advocate, uh, worked at Bronx River Houses, um, and decided to run, you know, before Serrano even retired. He was the first, one of the first candidates in the race. Um, formerly incarcerated, was targeted by a white gang and was arrested by white police officers and, and was convicted and spent time in Rikers. Oh, wow. And is running from that position of just like as a formerly incarcerated person, like this cannot happen and we need to change it on a federal level um, outside of our other policies. And I have another amazing candidate, uh, Danielle Brecker. She's running for New York State Assembly against Kathy Nolan. She's one of the co-founders uh -huh. of Empire State Indivisible, and she led the Indivisible movement with others uh, to form True Blue. And True Blue is what took out the IDC on the state sevens uh, and the New York State Senate. So. I have two incredibly progressive oh. candidates I'm really proud of um, that do it for real. And they're running um, because that's, that, those are the kinds of values and ideas they want to see in those, in those legislative houses. Um, per personally, uh, I'm one of the founders of the New Reformers. Um, so we took a lot of grassroots um, activists that came off of, camp of Kaban and AOC and we're running them for district leader. Um, oh, we're very okay. proud. We have about 16 candidates that are running for either district leader, county committee, uh, judicial delegate, state committee. Wow. Um, you know, we feel that in order for the party to change, we need to start getting into the party. But also, you know, these are a lot of folks that donated, got signatures, did GOTV work, did, was there for the Caban recount. And they were, they were doing all this work. And I was like, well, why not do it for yourself? And we were able to recruit, you know, LGBT, we have a transgender, we have a Filipino, we have like a very diverse group of folks. We have South Asian, um, we, we're running every kind of person because the party doesn't reflect. And are queens. you pushing more women to run for these seats? Women are the hardest to run. Um, we always look for women, but the women are the hardest. They're, they are the caretakers. They are the ones that overcommit. Um, and the women are always the hardest to run. Um, I'm always looking for women and I encourage women to run. I encourage women to be campaign managers, but it's hard. Uh, women suffer, a lot of women suffer from imposter syndrome. So it's hard for us to get over ourselves and just have the faith and the confidence that we have the skill set and we have the capability to run. Wow. Well, now I'm going to go look up that term. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's, sure you know, we, we all, from imposter it's hard. I mean, I, every woman's like, I need, I need another year. I need another five years. I need this. I need that. I'm like, you don't need anything. I mean, well, I, I've seen inferior people run for with way less. <laughs> wait, 
quit, you know? run, and succeed, and and serve run. currently still exactly it's been in there for years. Okay, yeah. <laughs> uh, um, uh, they say that it takes uh, seven asks for a woman to mm-hmm. run for office. Is that you? Do you feel that's true? Yeah, and not even just seven. It's seven from like ten people. <laughs> like <laughs> it has. It's like a whole times. movement of like people to run, like it's, it's difficult. It's scary. Um, you know, and then, you know, the women are more scrutinized. Like you have to do your hair and makeup. You have to change your wardrobe. Like there's just so many things that women are, you know, uh, you'll, you'll have voters ask the woman who's taking care of your children while you're running for office, which is something they'll never ask a man. You know, it's wow. it's the, that kind of double standard that the women have, and they already have this incredible guilt because they're leaving their family or leaving some of their responsibilities mm-hmm. to run. Um, and then on top of that, it's like they have to smile, and you can't have this, like, you know, as they call the rest, resting bee face, which right. is not fair. <laughs> um, you know, so it's all these things that we have to, like, worry about that's all exterior that has nothing to do with why I'm running, who I am, my value system, what I'm looking to do with the position. Because they're too busy looking at your hair and makeup and your outfit. Or if your nails are done. And it's, it's hard. It's very hard for women. You are preaching to the choir. <laughs> yeah. Martha, I had one final question. And you, you kind of touched mm-hmm. on this already. As a seasoned Politico, uh, what is some helpful advice you would give to other women wanting to get involved in campaign organizing or entering into the political arena? I would give the advice of finding a mentor, but that's not always easy. That's something that I've asked out to a higher power, God, the universe, and I've been very fortunate to attract those people into my life. But outside of that, you know, finding something that makes you get up and want to do something. Mm -hmm. I think that if you're into climate change, criminal justice reform, whatever issue it is, that is a great like um, crash course in politics because you're talking about organizing, you're talking about advocacy, you're talking about pressure points, you're engaging with media, you're engaging with elected officials and all these other key stakeholders. And it's kind of like what it kind of already is. Um, and you can do it from the outside and at your own pace without any commitment. Um, and some folks are like really into it and some folks are like, nah, I really like, you know, being in the community, going to my community board or, or, or going, getting active with my PTA, um, politics is not for me, but if you don't put yourself into it, you you wouldn't really know what you're getting yourself Mm -hmm. into. Um, and as a candidate, you know, I, I, every time I meet with a candidate, I tell them like, this is the most life changing thing you'll ever experience outside of a death of a parent, a marriage and a birth of a child. Like running for office will change your life. It will change your perspective. It will change your soul because it is like the one of the hardest things you'll ever go through, you know, and it's good, bad and ugly and all after, that stuff in between. And then, okay. So after someone successfully, suppose someone that uh, successfully runs for office and, and wins, um, mm-hmm. do you have, um, do you have, some training, uh, do you, you know, that, uh, or, and advice, do you, do you stay in close contact with them or, I mean, or, or what would be your plan? Perhaps, you know, maybe it, it hasn't, uh, maybe it hasn't, if it hasn't occurred. It hasn't occurred. The, I haven't well, been that lucky. I've been very close. Um, but well, honestly, well, I'm I tell candidates, 
I do. I, I, well, the first thing I tell a candidate is um, plan a vacation. I tell every candidate I know, I was like, book a flight, book a vacation, get the hell out of here after you, after whatever happens. I was like, you need to sleep, you need to recharge, you need to refocus, and you need something to look forward to because it's grueling. It's extremely grueling. You know, long nights, weekends, you know, disappointments, a lot of things that you go through. You have to see the light at the end of the tunnel. And sometimes it's hard for people to look past election day. So I was like, look, book a vacation, take some time off. That's the first advice I give. And then the second advice is just like, you know, like make sure that you have a solid team of people around you that's going to give you advice because you're going to get inundated by all these people congratulating you, all these people all of a sudden offering you this advice and you don't know what to believe because you're still in kind of like a state of shock, right? Um, so it, it's overwhelming. Um, and you have to pace yourself and just allow yourself to have, you know, boundaries, which is really hard. As a lot of elected officials will tell you, it's like people call you day and night, they get your private number, they know where you live, <laughs> you know, and it's true. Like they will find you at the supermarket, yes. you know, you go to Target, no one into you. It just, that's what it is, right? So it's, it's having those boundaries. You know, and I, I really strongly, I tell them this, but, you know, sometimes they listen, sometimes they don't. But running for office and winning and all of these things are just, it's this, like, thing that, it's a club I kind of think of. You know, it's like very few people are in this club and they kind of know what it is to experience mm -hmm. that and live it. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, you just try to, it's, it's a lot of mental health, you know. And I tell folks, did you sleep? Have you eaten? Um, you know, do you need, do you need to get the, a, away from us? Like, do you need a break? Um, because you gotta, you know, people get like into this like fight or flight. And I'm like, no, it's a marathon. You gotta mm -hmm. pace yourself. If not, mm -hmm. you'll burn out. And it's on both ends of the stick, both when you're running and when you win and the other side. So. It's so true. It's so true. And, and I, I do have one final, uh, uh mm -hmm. question. Where do you where do you see Azul Public Solutions? Let's let's say maybe in in seven years. Where do you see Azul Public? I'm sorry, Azul Public Solutions in in seven years. I think before COVID, I you know I saw myself being this like big full fledged firm and like being this like you know um, in my with my peers as I, I was I was thinking and and it's been COVID's really make, making me rethink of like why am I doing this and who am I doing this for? I don't have an honest answer um, because I'm not, I'm not certain, you know, um, I'm still in business and I'm very fortunate. And, um, but I don't know. Um, but I think that if I were to stay in business, then I will seek out mentors and I will put myself in that place. But I really don't know. COVID changed my life. So. Wow. Well, well, Martha, I want to say, keep, keep doing what you're doing. Um, you know, you. we we need. I mean, look, <laughs> um, you have said a lot of things that resonated with me. You know, in terms of the the difficult, the harshness of, of politics, uh, all that comes with it, and then not to mention be being a manager slash advisor, um, being the person that has to be available almost twenty four hours a day, right? <laughs> Yeah. And um, and and, you know, um, and, and so there is definitely a place for you. There's a place for 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 us, for women um, mm -hmm. 
you know, in, in this field and, um, mm -hmm. you know, and some, and fortune and, you know, changes have to be made. Um, yeah. you know, yeah. um, and yeah. so if, if, if the way to get there is to get more women into, uh, to run for public office, to prepare them, uh, for, mm -hmm. for office or, you know, uh, or even just get them civically engaged, right. To learn more yeah. about how government operates and, you know, how a bill becomes a law, uh, you know, yeah. then, then there is a place for you, you know, and, and for me, like I said, and so, you know, just keep, you know, just keep focused. Um, I know, you know, COVID is, is not something that any of us expected. Um, no. but you, you, I, I, you know, I know that, uh, that you believe that there is a higher power just like I mm -hmm. do and, you know, just stay focused because we really need you in this fight. Okay. I want to thank well, I you. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you You're for your welcome. time. I really appreciate it. Yeah, no, no, for sure. And thank you for coming on T's table talk today. This was so much fun. Yeah, this was. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't do this often. So I, I really appreciate it. Thank you. No, I'm really, really honored. Okay. So take care. Thank you. You too. Until Stay safe. Take care, y'all. Be seeing you in the community. Bye. Absolutely. Thank you. Take care.